0: series we will explore all aspects of finding applying for and succeeding in an apprenticeship through talking to experts and current apprentices from a variety of industries we will help you explore your future apprenticeship options.
1: My name is Kit Rackley and my pronouns are they them and I am a NECO Higher Education and Apprenticeship Champion for Take Your Place. For this podcast episode we continue our look back at National Apprenticeships Week 2021. This took place between the 8th of February and the 12th of February. Let's listen to Fred Porchetti dunn She is School Engagement Coordinator with Ask Apprenticeships. Fred was our live guest on Tuesday and she gave a session about what apprenticeships are and how they work, how you find an apprenticeships and what opportunities were locally, signposting to different resources and how COVID-19 has been affecting apprenticeships. Let's have a listen.
2: So hello again, and I am Fred from the Aim Group, but also part of the National Apprenticeship Service, and I run the Ask programme around Suffolk and Cambridgeshire up to Peterborough, and then I have a lovely colleague Lily, um, who covers all of Norfolk. So if anybody needs any further information, do please get in touch with the Nico, um, He, and I'll be more than happy to help and support any of you. So I wanted to go over a little bit more in detail about apprenticeship, what they are, and where to best to find them. So what is an apprenticeship? So an apprenticeship you need to treat it like a real job because that's pretty much what you're going to do. So with an apprenticeship you are combining work experience and education into one big package. Okay, So you'll spend 80% of the time at work working for a real employer and doing an actual job and then 20% of the time you'll be studying for um, a college or university or a training provider. So as I said you are combining both work experience and education when you do an apprenticeship. So you'll be working for a real employer, which means that you will have a contract of employment. OK, so that includes things like salary, holiday, sick pay, time off to study. You will have lots of support and training from your employer who will make sure that you are trained in your role as well as lots of support from your training provider. So you'll have a tutor that will support you um, and um, guide you throughout your apprenticeship on the, on the education side, okay? Now, the minimum amount of work is usually 30 hours a week, and then you also have a drop day, as I said, um, where you will be doing your studying. It's really rewarding and there are some great benefits from doing an apprenticeship. However, you have to be very responsible when it comes to doing an apprenticeship because it's like a real job. You need to treat it as such. Therefore, you need to make sure that you attend every day to work and you also attend college as well. Um, And um, you will have real responsibilities and you'll have to do real work. Okay, so it's a little bit different from college or university. Um, It's still a lot of work, but there are some great benefits. Some of these benefits are, so as I've already mentioned, we've got salary. So the minimum wage for an apprentice at the moment is £4.15 an hour, but that is the minimum wage. I'll let you know a secret, majority of employers tend to pay a little bit more than that. Um, They tend to give you a little bit of a higher sort of wage than the minimum wage. But even if you are starting at a minimum wage, you're always growing and developing. Therefore, you are building um, that salary up as well as that work experience. Um, A lot of employers as well, if you work really hard and you show that you are interested in your work and you're enthusiastic in your role and work hard on both your education and your work, they are likely to give you a pay rise. So again, treat it like a real job. So employers can give you a pay rise. They don't have to wait to the end of the year to give you that. Okay. So. Again, if you work hard, there are some great benefits from doing that. The best part of doing an apprenticeship is that more than 90% of people stay in employment at the end of their apprenticeship. So what happens is you start off as an apprentice and you work your way up. And at the end of it, they're very likely to offer you a permanent position. But even if you don't want to stay with that company and you want to move on, you will find that you're much more employable because you have all of that work experience behind you, as well as those great qualifications. When it comes to social life, you still get to have a really good social life um, because you meet loads of people in your employment and um, other apprentices from your training provider. So you get to meet loads of great people. As I said, you can get some amazing qualifications up to degree and masters, and you don't have to pay anything towards your education. So it's all funded by the government and the employer. Now, for those of you who are post-18, there are also opportunities to relocate. So some big employers may ask you to move around the UK or even abroad. Um, Of course, if it's post-16, you may need to wait a little while. Um, But there are some amazing opportunities. Um, Of course, it's not an easy route to take. Apprenticeships are really hard work when you search for them, when you apply, and when you actually go through the apprenticeship. So don't necessarily think it's an easy route to pick. Um, You can have backup plans of course. So if you are um, thinking you're not sure, always have a backup plan such as college and university, especially if you're not sure exactly what you like to do. You can still um, fill out your UCAS application with your university choices and then you can also apply for apprenticeships separately. That way you've got both options open and you can pick and choose once you get your results. Um, So make sure you explore both of those, okay? Now there are lots of different apprenticeships available. So there are about 170 different sectors. That's about 150,000 job roles you can do through an apprenticeship and more are coming out. So as time goes on, more and more are coming out. Now because of the pandemic, be really honest with everyone, For some fields, it's been a little bit difficult. So if you are looking, for example, in the travel or hospitality or retail, those fields unfortunately have been badly affected because of COVID. So at the moment you will find that there's a shortage of those kind of apprenticeships Um, It's just where a lot of employers have paused the recruitment process. Okay, doesn't mean it's the end. They will come back and they will probably take on apprentices in the future, but at the moment there isn't a huge amount of those available, but other employers have grown a little bit because of COVID, such as the pharmaceutical companies, the um, IT digital ones, um, big employers such as Amazon for example they're taking on a thousand apprentices so some employers are doing really well and they're taking on a huge amount of apprentices so some fields have really developed because of um, COVID in a way which doesn't sound great but um, they have managed to grow so definitely worth looking and exploring what your options are also because of the current situation you will find that there are some new roles that never existed before so again don't be thrown off by the job title have a look at what they are and do the research as well and you may find out the perfect job for you so what you want to do is if there is a particular employer you're interested in it's definitely worth getting in touch with them find out when those opportunities become available okay get in touch with them employers really like it when students get in touch with them to find out when um, they recruit for apprenticeships now the other thing i want to mention is that very differently from university or when you apply for college an apprenticeship doesn't have just one deadline okay so you will find these employers all have an opening and closing um, so they can advertise anytime throughout the year so they don't necessarily all open and close at the same time so some of them may start really early September, October time. Um, Others may start a little bit later, so after Easter. So it does depend on the employer. As I said, some big employers such as Amazon, AstraZeneca, they are already advertising for those opportunities. Some employers such as the NHS, they advertise all year round. So it is definitely worth doing a little bit of research to find out when those opportunities become available. So you can get in touch with those employers directly and find out you will find that those big employers don't provide just one type of apprenticeships. There's lots of different opportunities available. So as I said, the best thing you can do for yourself is do that research. Find out what kind of opportunities they provide because you will be surprised about all different opportunities that they have. Um, so big employers may have lots of different departments which be able to offer you lots of different opportunities and smaller businesses, they may only be able to offer you maybe one apprenticeship in the sense of um one particular um, um, a department. However, sometimes they may ask you to do um, a little bit of work around uh, other departments as well to help out, especially if it's a really small business. So there is opportunity to learn lots of different skills. So again, research is really, really important. Um, that way you can find the best opportunities for you. Now, these are the levels of apprenticeship. Okay, So you have level two, which is equivalent to GCSEs. It's exactly equivalent to five GCSEs, including maths and English at the grade four and above. Then you have level three apprenticeship, which is equivalent to two A levels of BTECs. You got level four, which is a higher apprenticeship, which is equivalent to a foundation degree, national diploma or um, level four MBQ. Then you got five and six, which are degree and level seven, which are masters. On top of those great qualifications, you will also be building a lot of skills, knowledge and behaviour in the actual workplace. So as I said, it's a little bit different from when you're looking at university because with university, you have a subject, you study that subject full time and then at the end you come out and you can do lots of different jobs with an apprenticeship you're focusing very much on that role so you'll be a specialist in that particular role and once you start working full-time in that role you find it much more comfortable because you already know how it all works because you've already got lots of work experience so it's a little bit different however degree apprenticeship you will still um, have to attend university so it does the So you still have that element of attending university, which is absolutely great. As I said to you, if you're not sure, it's definitely worth keeping both options open. So you can still fill out your UCAS application with your five universities and the courses that you would like to do, and then apply for apprenticeships separately. You can apply for as many apprenticeships as you want um, and it won't affect your UCAS application. Then once you get those results and you start to get those offers you can pick and choose. So definitely worth keeping all the options available to you. So some of you may want to look, so depending where you are at the moment, um, you may want to sort of look at a higher level. Make sure that if you have, if you for example, post um, sort of post 16. So if you are finishing your eleven at the moment, you're probably looking at level 2's or level 3's. And if you are doing your A levels, you're probably looking at either level 3's or level 4's. It's OK to start from a slightly lower level, because don't forget you're not repeating. You are building that work experience, okay, which you probably need in order to progress. So, as I said, 20% of the time you will be studying. Now, there are different delivery models when it comes to the studying part, so you don't get to pick this bit. And this is why I really stress you must do your UCAS application with your universities because you don't get to choose which university you go to when it comes to higher and degree apprenticeship, and neither when it comes to college, to be fair. So any type, any level of apprenticeship that you do, it, you don't get to choose who your training provider is going to be. So when you apply for an apprenticeship, you apply to that employer and they will have connections with the training provider. So they will tell you who the, who is going to teach you in that kind of sense. So there are different delivery models available. You have the workplace learning, which is where you will have a tutor that comes into the work once a week, and you'll sit together and you do all the studying together. You've got classroom learning, which is where so sort of big employers often take on a big cohort of apprentices. So what they do is they have built an, an area where all the apprentices study together. So once a week, they all get together and they have a building just to study, okay? So you'll be studying and working with lots of other apprentices. Then there's the classic attending college or university. So again, you'll have a drop day where you'll have to attend college or university. Remember, you'll have to make your own way there. Um, So it's quite important you take that into consideration. And also with degree apprenticeship, if the university is a little bit far, what will happen is you'll have a six week block period where you go to university for six weeks, and then the rest of the year you will be working and doing online assessments. Okay, So it does depend and that information you can find through um, the employer that will give you the information for that training provider. OK, and of course, at the moment, there's a lot of online learning, so very similar to what we are doing today. You'll be doing sort of Team Zoom, um, all of these different platforms where um, they use at the moment to do live lessons. And you will also have a tutor that will support you, as I said, every day. So if you do need additional support, they are there to help you. So do speak up. OK. Now, higher-end degree apprenticeship, I've already mentioned quite a bit about it, but just so you are aware, higher-end degree apprenticeships are really great. They're becoming really popular and they are amazing. Um, So a lot of universities are now providing these. So a lot of great top universities are now um, doing higher-end degree apprenticeships. So you will still be working full time and studying part time. You still get lots of work experience in the field that you're interested in and you'll also be studying for a degree. It's absolutely amazing. Now the difference is it does take a little bit longer so it can take between four to six years to complete. Okay. So it does take longer because you are working full time and studying part time. So bear that in mind and also um, the other difference with the higher-end degree apprenticeship from a full-time apprenti- uh, sorry, for a full-time degree is that with the higher-end degree apprenticeship you do not apply for student finance loan or a maintenance loan, okay? So you won't have to pay any debts which is absolutely amazing, so it's all funded by the government and the employer, but you will have to live with the salary that you earn from your apprenticeship. So If you don't earn a huge amount to begin with, you may not be able to relocate quite that far. So do bear that in mind, differently from university where they offer you um, a place to live with apprenticeships, you probably have to find your own placement to live and you'll have to pay for those bills on top of that as well. So do bear that in mind when you're doing your research. So as I said, it's a little bit different. You have to be very responsible when it comes to an apprenticeship because you're working, but also all these other factors to consider like location, traveling, logistics, where you're going to live, how you're going to support yourself. So those are really important because you won't get paid any extra if you don't live at home okay, or for commuting. So do bear that in mind when looking at apprenticeships. So just a few other tips. There isn't one deadline. As I said, employers advertise all the time, so be ready as early as possible and do your research as early as possible so you can find out when those opportunities come up, Okay, You will also find that they advertise lots of different places, so I'll show you today the government website, but of course you can find apprenticeships in all sorts of different areas and sometimes you need to think a little bit outside of the box to find them as well, so do make sure you do plenty of research. The entry requirements are all different, so sometimes they may just ask you for GCSEs, depending what kind of sort of um, level you're doing. They may just ask you for GCSEs, potentially A-levels. You can also um, get UCAS uh, points with an apprenticeship as well. So if you're doing a level three or level four, you will get UCAS points to go to full-time university as well. So make sure you look at that. Um, Entry requirements do differ depending on the role and the employer, Okay, And the application process does vary. So again, every employer has different recruitment process. Some of them may have a very long where you start with the application, you send your CV and then you have an assessment there, you have an interview, then a second interview, so it's quite a long process. Others, you may just apply and go for an interview. So it does depend. What you can do is go on to that employer's website and go down the careers page. Often enough, they will have um, the recruitment process. So that way um, you know how it all works and you will just it's just better for yourself to be prepared. Okay, so have a look at that. As I said, research is really key here. Now, I wanted to show you, I did a little bit of research earlier. Now, this is based on sort of central Suffolk, so it may cover a little bit to Norfolk. However, it's mainly sort of Suffolk based, so I do apologize for those of you up in Norfolk. Um, this does differ depending where you are, it changes all the time. But if we were looking, for example, this is Baries and Edmonds, okay? Um, five mile radius from Baries and Edmonds, there's only four vacancies. And then the further away you go, as you can see, that does tend to grow. Now, big cities tend to have probably more apprenticeships. So if you live somewhere a little bit rural, definitely worth maybe looking at sort of a bigger city. Um, so if you are based in Norfolk, probably Norwich, they have some amazing apprenticeships over there. Um, and, you know, those of you in Suffolk, probably looking at based St Edmunds, possibly Cambridge, which is the other side, depending where you are in Suffolk or Ipswich as well. So it does depend. Those ones tend to have a lot more apprenticeships. However, there are also some apprenticeships available everywhere, maybe a bit more rural. The thing that you really, really must remember is that you will have to make your way there every day and back. So don't pick anywhere that is too far or too difficult for you to get to. So if you have to get, two buses a day, that might be a bit too much on top of working and studying, so make sure you do bear that in mind. But of course, the further away you go, the more opportunities are available. Um, Don't forget, as I've already stressed several times, is that if you do travel quite far and you commute quite far, you will have to pay for your own travel arrangements. So whether you're putting petrol in the car, whether you're getting that train or that bus, you will have to pay for that yourself and you won't get any extra. Um, So again, something to bear in mind.
1: We'd like to take a break just to ask you to help us with some feedback. We aim to raise higher education aspirations in as many young people as possible, so your feedback will be welcome. To do this at your own convenience, please visit tinyurl.com slash tyapod. If you missed that, not to worry, you can find the link in the description. Thank you. Now back to the podcast.
2: How can you tell if it's a good apprenticeship? So um, we already talked about salary. It's really important that you look at salary because that will make you more mobile, um, more able to move around and relocate. So it's always a really good positive thing to look at. Also you want to really see what happens at the end of your apprenticeship. Will you be given a permanent role? Will they put you up a higher apprenticeship? What's going to happen? Of course you need to look at that information because that makes uh, the apprenticeship more attractive, especially if they're offering you a permanent position at the end or a higher apprenticeship. Definitely worth looking at that. Also it's important to look at the aspect of what's going to happen during the apprenticeship. Is it quite flexible? Do you learn lots of different things all the time? Um, You don't want something that bores you very quickly, so you want to make sure that you learn lots of skills all the time as well. So make sure that that role is varied. Also the training provider. So look at that, as I said to you, you can't unfortunately choose who your training provider is going to be. However, you can look on the Ofsted um, because they all have ratings as well. So you can have a look and see whether that training provider is suitable for you and whether you would enjoy it, okay? Because that 20% is just as important as the 80% I talked about. And of course, the other thing that makes a good apprenticeship would be the progression. OK, so as long as you're progress- progressing sorry, and growing, that um, will make the apprenticeship a lot more attractive and, um, you know, make you grow as well, because that's the whole point of an apprenticeship. So again, just a few other tips. The jobs are like so they come in, they come out all the time. So make sure you keep an eye out on those. Lots of different websites. At the moment, I would suggest everybody to um, register onto as many websites as you can and have a look at as many things as you can. Remember, you can always opt out at the end once you've secured it. But for the time being, have a look at lots of different employers. Um, also new things get added throughout the year. So don't just look now because it's apprenticeship week. Lots of things come out all the time Uh, and apply for as many as you can. As I said, you don't have to limit yourself on how many you apply for. With apprenticeships, you can apply for as many apprenticeships as you want and um, you can Also apply for UCAS as well for those universities and college on top of that as well. So um, you can have lots of options available. It's better to have lots of options than too few. It's better to choose and be picky rather than ending up just with one thing or sort of rushing around to try and find something else, you see. So um, apply for as many as you can. If you find something that you like, then go for it. So the information that I have found, those examples I showed you, they come from the government website, which is a great starting point for everybody. So if you want, all you have to do is type into Google, find an apprenticeship and it's gov.uk. Okay, so that one is a really good website, a lot of employers advertise on there. Of course, not everybody, but a good amount of employers advertise, and you can find apprenticeships throughout the UK. What you can do is do your search and you can apply directly on the website. You can also set up alerts so you can do a search and you can set up alerts so that way they can email you when something new becomes available so you don't have to constantly search. The other thing again, I can't stress enough, make sure you contact those companies directly. If you do find an employer that you like, then go for it. Get in touch with them directly. Um, They all have websites, especially at the moment, and they all um, can read emails. So send them an email. If you can't find the information, then contact them directly. Also, because of COVID, a lot of employers are advertising on social media. So what you can do is you can follow them on social media as well, um, just to help you, because they um, advertise a lot there as well. So you can find a lot of information if you follow them on social media. Also, tell everybody you're looking for an apprenticeship. You never know, through friends and family, the more people they know, the more uh, likely are to talk. And then you know there may be somebody that you know, you know, a friend of a friend of a friend that is looking for an apprentice just like you. So talk to them. Also, um, the Vacancy Snapshot, which is from Amazing Apprenticeship website, has a lot of different great employers where you can search how their recruitment process works. So you can click on them and find out. As I mentioned to you already, they're all different. They all have different recruitment processes. So you want to find out how um, it really you can stand out compared to everybody else. Okay. Um, so that information is on the amazingapprenticeships.com, which is the website just at the top um, on the slide showing right now. Um, There are some resources for you students. There's also resources for parents, such as these, which are really popular. So that's why I wanted to enhance them a little bit. Um, So if your parents want to help, of course, there's lots of resources that they can help with, um, lots of tips as well. So amazingapprenticeships.com has resources for both you and your parents. And the monthly pack for parents also comes in seven different languages. So if, like me, your mom or dad doesn't speak very good English, then at least it comes in lots of different languages to help them a little bit more so they can be of support to you as well. But lots of resources and tips for you students as well, both um, post 16 and post 18 students. okay. So that's a little bit of social media stuff for you. I'm sure you're really great here. I'm not so great, but please do follow all of these because it gives you lots of options. Um, So lots of different things um, come up all the time, especially for National Apprenticeship Week, uh, lots of news and things. So do follow that on social media. And there's also the National Careers Service, which is also great. It gives you lots of tips on your CV, application and interview. So that's another good one, sort of careers um, sorry, yeah, the National Career Service, okay? Um, so, thank you all so much for listening. Um, I hope, I don't know if you have any questions, please feel free to put them in the chat. Um, so thank you all so much for listening. I hope that was useful. And uh, if anybody needs any help, um, again, if you contact your NICO um, higher education champions, they can get in touch with me or with Lily. So if you come from Norfolk, Lily will be helping you. If you come from Suffolk, I'll be helping you and uh, more than happy to help anybody so if you need any additional support just get in touch
1: is there any encouragement you can you can give to get to get rid of this mindset that oh well, you know i've got a level 3 code why would i do a level 2 so you 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 were already alluded to this but can you give some reasons why you might quote unquote step down to a level 2 yeah
2: thank you that's a really good question actually um so when you so at the moment when you're in full-time education, you have no work experience whatsoever, especially in that role that you want to do. So the first thing you need to remember is that you, when you apply for an apprenticeship, as I've already mentioned, it's very different from college or uni because what you're doing is you're actually studying a particular role rather than a subject. So that's the first thing. Also, you're not technically stepping down because as I said, you're building that work experience now, depending what you want to do. And that's why I said some of you may look at So doing either the same level or above. However, most people, both post-16 and especially the post-18 students, tend to look at a Level 3. Level 3 is really good to start with because, yes, it is equivalent to A-levels, but don't forget you are getting a completely new qualification because you are doing a job role. Also, on top of that, it's a really good step to then grow, Okay, When you go straight onto a Level 4, It can be really difficult. You need to have a lot of A-levels in particular fields often enough. Um, You really need to have some kind of UCAS points as well. Also, with a level four, don't forget you are going from full-time education to a level four apprenticeship where you're going to be working probably about 37 hours a week, plus studying for a degree on top of that. So it's a lot of work and it's completely different from what you've been doing so far. So what you will end up is that you will end up burning candle at both ends and then you will just stress out and end up quitting early. And as I said to you, if you quit, then you'll come out with no qualification. Just like university, if you quit halfway through, you will come out with no qualifications. Now, I'll tell you a little story. My sister, she um, so we're from Cambridge and she studied um A-level photography. Okay, so she did A level at uh, sixth form, and she did a couple of other A levels. Okay, when she finished, you know, uh, sorry, when she finished college, she decided that she didn't want to go to university. She wanted to do an apprenticeship, and an apprenticeship in photography is one of the hardest ones to find even today. Okay, so what she did was she went to work for the hospital. So Edinburgh's hospital. I don't know if anybody knows that hospital is massive. Um, Edinburgh's hospital for the reprographics department. She mm-hmm. did a year there as a level three, even though she already had the A level in photography. She did reprographics at level three, and then at the end of that, she was offered a job at Cambridge University, where she accepted, it, of course, and um she worked in the photography department. And they put her up to do a degree, so now she has a level 6 degree in photography plus videography and she works for Cambridge University. So i think she did pretty well there um so you know sometimes you have to as i said think a little bit outside the box to gain that work experience it's probably the best thing you can do to yourself to then grow and develop there isn't a time okay there isn't a time limit the, i've met people that started apprenticeships at the age of 50 i've met people that started university at the age of 50 it doesn't mean that they're late it's just everybody has different times so you're not actually wasting any time here you are building yourself and you're investing time in yourself to learn more things and more skills to make yourself get to that career that you want okay so don't ever think that you're taking a step back you're always learning new things all the time thank you so much that was a brilliant question
1: yeah that's um and yeah I definitely definitely echo that um I mean I'm approaching my my uh, 40s now and my my career progression has definitely not been linear and I've and I have taken step backs to go step forward so so don't yeah so um do listen to to adults and their different experiences, and and maybe your peers and things like that, because there may be alternative ways. And it's all really about keeping different pathways and doors open, and never never think that you always have to stay on one pathway either. Just like as Fred was saying with with her sister, you know, it's it's uh and and one of the thing that that we that people like us, you know, Fred and Rio and myself like say all the time is that it's actually very, very rare now that that people stay in this same career or the same trajectory for their entire life. I mean, I've had two career changes already and and it's it's, it's not a sign of weakness. It's, it's just I just look kind of like that diversity and, and so it's, that's a very, very good, very, very good answer there. So thank you so, so much, Fred, for for joining us. That was absolutely fantastic. Thank and, you um, so
2: much for having me. Thank you so much again for having me. It's been great.
1: That was Fred Borchetti-Dunn from Ask ask is a project to inform young people more about apprenticeships which is also part of the amazing apprenticeships website and scheme you should really take some time out to look at the amazing apprenticeships website at amazingapprenticeships.com and their resource section is very easily searchable and filterable do check it out thank you for listening we hope you found that useful and don't forget please listen to the previous episode which gives overall highlights of what we offered for National Apprenticeships Week. Until next time, take care.
0: Thank you for listening and don't forget to subscribe to our future podcasts at soundcloud.com takeyourplace or on your favourite podcasting app. You can also find us on Instagram where we are at takeyourplace underscore he, on Twitter at takeyourplacehe and on Facebook at facebook.com slash takeyourplacehe. You can also email us with any questions, requests or just to let us know what you think on info at takeyourplace.ac.uk.
1: We very much welcome your feedback on this podcast episode. This will also help us to raise higher education aspirations in as many young people as possible. To do this, please visit tinyurl.com forward slash T-Y-A That's tinyurl.com forward slash T-Y-A pod. You can find the link also in the description.